Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day, and welcome back to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast. And today's episode is episode 73. So if you head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash 073, you'll get all the show notes to today's episode with Michael Hartman, who joins me this week from his company, Innoventic. Uh, he's actually in Romania. And uh, we actually Zoomed and recorded this chat. So if you want to see and hear me and Michael, head over to the Australian Seller uh, Facebook page to watch us um, have this conversation. Uh, and you can do that by heading over to the AustralianSeller.com forward slash Facebook. Now, today Michael talks about how he's been able to scale and expand his Amazon business at literally an industrial scale, <laughs> creating like 80,000 different product listings on Amazon in about 18 months. So uh, it's quite fascinating how he's been able to do that. Uh, now, a couple of announcements. So Hamish Conway that was on the show last week, he's holding an event. Uh, so it's just a reminder, it's coming up on Thursday the 5th of uh, September 2019 in Sydney at OFX's head office. He's going to cover everything to do with Amazon uh, and he's got Arnie Shields and a few other guests coming as well from Dom and Bateman. So uh, just head over to uh, sellglobal.co.nz and check out the events tab there and you'll, you'll be able to register for that event. And don't forget too that Regina Peterbergsky, who's been a previous guest on the show as well, uh, is holding a Messenger Byte implementation workshop uh, on the 12th. So, uh, yeah, get along to that. So if you head over to the AustralianSeller.com forward slash bots, uh, you'll be able to join that event and join me and Regina and a bunch of other people as we work on creating actual chat bot flows and things like that for our Amazon business, which is really good. Now, quick shout out to uh, a couple of reviewers this week on iTunes. Uh, there's Dave List. Uh, and and thank you, Dave, for a five-star review. And also, Yana Clinton, I think it is. What's going on with iTunes reviewers and their... They're, they're crazy usernames. Anyway, so I'm not sure who you are, but thank you so much, both of you, for leaving a kind review. Uh, don't forget private coaching. So if you want a bit of a help with your Amazon business or you're just starting out or whatever's going on for you on Amazon, you need a, just a bit of a chatsy, uh, just head over to chris at christhomas.com.au um, so we can have a bit of a conversation there. But, uh, yeah, let's just get on with the show and hear some music. One, two, three. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast. And today I'm thrilled to welcome Michael Hartman from Innoventic. Is that how I pronounce it, Michael? Yeah, that's correct. Innoventic, Innoventic, but uh, we'll get to all of that soon. Hey, listen, I want to get you onto the show today because, um, well, first of all, we met a couple of years ago at Hong Kong Trade Show. Uh, sorry, not at the Trade correct. Show. It was actually at uh, Global Sources Summit, which you're an attendee there as well. Did you speak at that event as well or? Yeah, I spoke about like uh, PPC uh, back then, yeah, a cool. long time ago. I think that was 2016 or so. I think it was, yes. Uh, <laughs> and a couple of months ago, I was listening to an episode that you did with Danny McMillan, uh, and you were mm-hmm. talking about how you'd been able to scale out. Probably, about, I think at that stage, you had about 9,000 units selling on Amazon. Mm-hmm. So in about yes. 14 months, just blow up a, a listing or just you know go extremely wide and shallow. Uh, or maybe, I wouldn't call it narrow and deep, but I'd certainly call it wide and deep on uh, you know, scaling on Amazon in terms of the amount of SKUs and ASINs that you have there. So I wanted to get you on the show to talk about that because it's quite an interesting strategy. It's not something that you hear a lot about. Not a lot of people are doing it. And I want to pick your brains and find out how you've been able to achieve all of this. So first of all, though, before we get too carried away, 
can you give us a bit of background how you got started selling and e-commerce and Amazon? Yeah, so uh, I was doing some financial consulting work and some guys came in who were selling on Amazon in my office. Mm-hmm. And then it was all downhill after that. That was 2014. <laughs> Right. So I got started after that because uh, they were making way more money than I was making. Yep. <laughs> and they seemed more relaxed. So that's what I was going for. And then since then, uh, I've been through one divorce, but uh, lost uh-huh. that company you know, or that brand, but it's okay. And then just went on to do an agency and then uh, been focusing mainly on my own brands for the past couple of years now, for the past year and a half. And it's been very well. So, so- that's it. The thing is, though, that I mean, you have had really successful products on Amazon, you know, with different seller accounts and brands and things like that. And I think I remember hearing somewhere that you'd been attacked quite a bit because you're you were quite successful. So was that the reason why you wanted to suddenly go, you know, wide with lots and lots of SKUs rather than focusing on just a handful? Yeah. So uh, I thought it would be less stressful if I wasn't getting attacked every other day. Yeah. Um, BSR was like number seven in overall category in the US. Cool. So, this is that don't understand what that means. BSR is bestseller rank. The lower the number in a category, the better. It means that if you're the number one, or, or sorry, in your case, the best, the number seventh best selling product in a category, that means that your product is selling a lot, like a lot, lot. So, it was like 2,000 units a day, yeah. around 1,500, 2,000. Yeah. We, we made it to number three once, you know, and, um, but it was just a headache. It was hijackers. It was counterfeiters. It was Amazon not caring. It was product safety complaints. Yeah. Uh, we were getting hit with one-star reviews left and right from competitors. Mm. We went from like 4.9 with 7,000 reviews down to like 4.7, which really hurt you know the sales. But yeah. you know over the years it's gone back up. But it was just it was a headache when you're that low. You just have a big target on your head that says come take my money. Yeah, you do. Yeah, that's right. I think a lot of sellers too, when they when they get successful on Amazon or as they're on their way to success, they don't quite realise just the uh, when you when you stick your head up too high, the you know the attention that you attract to yourself and the and the attacks that can come from that, and that's very hard to defend yourself from that. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So anyway, we've 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 pivoted massively though. We've gone out to thousands of units. So where did this sort of idea begin? Like, why why did you decide to head down that path? Uh I wanted to do something that I thought was more sustainable. And so to me, to have low demand products was something more sustainable. So maybe you're only going to sell one unit a day or one unit a week or one unit a month, Mm -hmm. or you'll have some winners that will sell 20 units a day, which are still winners in the Amazon. But I wanted to go wide. And I didn't want to have to worry that, hey, I lost my listing. I'm losing all my revenue. How am I going to stay in the business? Yeah. You know, how do you scale it? And to me, it seemed like a, a lower risk. Like there's not going to be as much black hat. I'm not going to be as tacked as much. Uh, I was right and wrong. I mean, so. <laughs> okay. uh, but that kind of makes sense though. Because I mean, you know, if you've got 2,000 units or 2,000 products on Amazon and you sell one of those a day, I mean, that's basically where you were when you had a number seven best-selling product in a category, right? 2,000 units a day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's pretty smart. So we're up right. to around four or 500 units a day right now, which isn't so bad. And um, yeah, I, we have around 700 FBA listings and the rest are all FBM. All right. So, well, let's, let's break that down. So you've got how many listings are currently live on Amazon right now? 
26,000, I think right now. Oh my God. How long did it take you to get 26,000 listings up and running on Amazon? Uh, about 19 months. All right. So almost two years, a bit less yeah. than a, year and a, half, a bit over a year and a half. But what's funny is last year we finished the year off with around four or 5,000 listings. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's been a massive jump then from four or 5,000, over 20,000 more units have been added in a very short period of time. So it sounds like you've got we'll be, the system sorted out. Yeah. We'll be adding around, I want to say 50 to 75,000 within this week, next week. When you're doing this amount, there's always hiccups. Yeah. Um, that, that will come in to play. 50 or 75,000 new SKUs or ASINs up on Amazon in the next, what, week? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Week, two weeks, something like this. <laughs> I'm testing some new methods to see uh, how things work. So I want to okay. see, I'm testing some just to be able to scale faster. I mean, when, when I've, I've maxed it out that we will have something like the availability to do 1 million ASINs. And we're always adding new ones. So I'm in the cell phones and accessories niche, and however often they're releasing phones is how often I'm releasing new SKUs. Aha, uh-huh. right. That makes sense. Yeah, and thank, thanks for sharing that because I think that sort of, yeah, will kind of unblock the pipes for some people. Yeah. Um, I mean, is this a tactic that dropshippers can use? I mean, can I, could I grab like a bunch of products and download a bunch of products from a dropshipping website like a lot of people do and, and, um, and then just push them all straight back up into Amazon and use a dropshipping model to do this scale? Yeah, I've never really done drop shipping. Could it work for drop shipping? Probably with some scripts and some other stuff. Mm. I just, I never did drop shipping, to be honest with you. Um, so I know that I'm going to be fighting for buy box with other people. Other people are hijacking the listings. With the way I'm doing it now, I'm owning the brand. I have brand registry 2.0. Yeah. Uh, I throw the hijackers off when I find them because, like, at this amount, to have any tracking software, it just doesn't make sense. They want to charge you like 20 grand a month to track uh, yeah. the amount of ASINs you have. So <laughs> yeah. it's basically like I have a VA going through once a day to see if I have buy box. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that, that actually, I can see that that's creating more challenges in terms of the amount of SKUs you've got is the amount of kind of software problems or just the subscription models would be at the end of the chart. <laughs> That's really yeah. interesting. Um, now, in terms of then credit, let's get into the nitty grit set of actually creating this many listings. So we, at the moment, we've got 26,000. We're about to go to 50,000. Um, I mean, I have to, it has to be flat files. That, that is the way. To, I mean, there's no way knowing that you could, ha- you'd have to have an army of people actually creating listings manually. So let's break down how you actually do this. So um, We have a database on our website and uh, we have dynamic and static keywords mm-hmm. uh, per, let's say, design. And the dynamic keywords, we put in like hot words that will change per device type. And the static ones are staying, you know, there across all the device types uh, for that particular design. Yeah. And then we're going from there. So that we create, we hit it, we click a button. Yes. We say which ones want to go up on Amazon and it creates the flat file for us. We will feed in the keywords per per device type though, like the, the static ones and dynamic we will go through once. Cool. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So they're kind of like so, variables. You've got little placeholders mm-hmm. and variables and in goes, I don't know, red or mm-hmm. if it was a color, red or blue, blue depending on what green, the green. Exactly. Or exactly. Or, or size or yeah, I can see, I can see. And that. so one thing that I really tried to do is when an employee has to do something twice in a row um, or the same thing over and over again, we tried to automate it with scripts. Right. Uh, what, customer service, whether it's flat file creation, whether it's graphics for us was a big one. 
Mm-hmm. So over like the year and a half, where we've gone with the graphics to where we are now, which is like, that's the part that slows us down the most on the scale. It's a question um, we yeah. had. Mm-hmm. We built out a monster machine to be able to handle everything. So we spent around $10,000 on this machine uh-huh. to just pump out 3D rem- renders and images. So now in about two days, we can create images for about 1,000 listings. Okay. Is that just a single main image or are we talking about, you know, the whole six images, seven or eight images or six images in this case per We do six per listing. All right. So we've got 6,000 images that have been busted out in 24 hours to, to go up onto all these different listings. That's nuts. That is nuts. So, and that's (laughs) it. That is it. Um, all right, so 3D renders, can you explain what they are for people that aren't really sure? Because most people are just familiar with, you know, all right, I've got a product, I get someone to take a picture of it or I do it with my phone and then I upload those pictures. How does a 3D render work in your world? So 3D renders is like a one-to-one replica built on a computer of that product. And so with this 3D render, it's a 3D object that you can rotate, you can manipulate, you can add shadows, you can add whatever you need to. You can place in whatever you need to do. So instead of having to do a photo shoot, you can just take this 3D render and put your device on a table that is stock imagery. Uh-huh. You can flip it. You can rotate it. You can adjust the light with you know Photoshop. And you set this up one time mm-hmm. for those images, and you, just, and you just go. I mean, you just automate it from there. That sounds so, really cool. So can you, can you just sort of take a normal photograph that you might have taken of your product and then kind of 3D render it and photosh- get it onto Photoshop? Well, it depends. I mean, so for the 3D render, we actually never hold the product. So there's huge databases where you can buy generic products mm-hmm. and we buy generic ones and we modify them or we create our own depending on the product and the availability. So yeah. you can look at like TurboSquid or there's another one, I think Lemon Drop. And so if you're doing bottles, for instance, you can buy yeah. a bottle for $10. That's a 3D render. But yeah. now you can put that bottle any which way. If uh, you can pay an extra $5 and get gel caps if you're doing supplements. And you can put the gel tabs across the table. So the table would be there from your picture. Yeah. And the gel tabs are all 3D renders that you just placed there. Aha. Uh-huh. Right. So, so now I can see how you're actually building out, I'm, I'm imagining lifestyle photos around these products, right? So you're buying Correct. some stock lifestyle photos and then using your 3D renders to sort of superimpose them or drop them into your lifestyle shots at Correct. scale. Correct. Wow. At scale. That's Because what you're doing is you're dropping, it's like the same product, but you have like 1,000 different colors or variation size. And so it's the same product, it's just superimposing in the same position yeah, yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah, crazy. Uh, yeah wow all right <laughs> all right so we've, we've kind of dissected what's happening with the images and what's actually happening in terms of the sort of i don't know keyword optimization stuff like that because a lot of us uh, you know us amazon sellers we we there's a lot of angst around oh we use helium 10 and we get all these keywords how do you sort of keyword optimize and do all your back-end search terms and, and all those other you know i use helium 10 i use zone words um i use a couple other programs and we go through and we basically are using the same keywords and everything for all of the similar listings. Right. And then once I see which ones are getting traffic mm-hmm. or are like um, making sales, making sales and then getting traffic as secondary, then we go through and optimize them one at a time and we're doing A-B tests all the time on these things. So, but for us, the most important things are the titles. So making sure the titles are good because those are what are getting indexed first. 
yeah. and then we're doing the bullets on a lot because I'm going very like let's say shallow, not high demand products. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of time I'm not even able to use all the space that I have for keywords. Yeah. On some situations, I am able to use all the space I have, and we're going through and doing everything you know as much as possible. So it just depends on the product. All right. Um, for that. Cool. Okay. So. The, other thing, the most obvious question, though, that I probably sh- should should have asked right from the get go is, where are all these products? Like, you've got to so, ship to customers, right? How does that? That is correct. That is correct. So we manufacture on demand. I have a three hour manufacturing time. So if you wanted to do this with bundles, you could do that. If you have a supplement factory, this is like the perfect thing for the supplement factory because right. all you have to do is print a label, stick it on a bottle put the supplements in, which are probably all the same. So I'll give you an example. You could do 1000 listings of probiotics very easily. Mm -hmm. Just, you need 1000 different labels, probiotics for men, probiotics for pregnant women, probiotics Mm -hmm. for teens, probiotics for elderly women. I mean, and you can just go on. And so what's happening is each of these, these listings are super duper optimized for that one long tail keyword, which means you rank very easily on that keyword. Yep automatically without doing anything. Mm. And so maybe you'll make across these 1000 listings, you'll sell 20 or 30 units a day compared to if you had one bottle, you're fighting for yeah. those 30 units a day. Yeah, this is yeah. the difference. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So I guess it's one of those things, a classic, um, if you put the work in up front, you do all this extra work and you create these, I don't know, two or 300 listings, uh, then you can kick back and sip, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I've lost 100 listings at one, one time and wasn't sweating about it either. So, I mean, that's the other thing, diversification. Yeah. All right. So then the other question that I've got, of course, is around um, barcodes. I mean, you know, when we create a listing, we, we need to have barcodes. So talk me through your strategy around that because I know that barcodes almost set you broke at one point. <laughs> and then you, you went yes. down the so I, uh, sort of path. I, I literally just ran out of barcodes like last week because we had bought 100,000. Yeah. And so we're preparing all these listings. And um, what I've ended up doing is I've just gone for the exemption. So you can actually get an exemption if you're brand registry 2.0, you own the brand, where you don't need the UPCs and et cetera. So, Do you know, I've actually discovered that you, you can actually get GTINX exemption or barcode exemption even without a brand. So anybody can do really? it. Really? Yeah, yeah I've, got, I've got students now that are um, never having to buy a barcode at all using this uh, okay so yeah they're, they're getting approved um, within hours so uh if anybody wants to try that just log into your amazon seller central account uh you know sellercentral.amazon.com and then just do a forward slash dtg for jeff t i n x and uh and then just follow the steps there's a few videos around on youtube that'll show you how to do it it's kind of weird you have to write a letter to yourself don't you in the various categories yeah for each category yeah, yeah, yeah. exemption from it's really cool sort of silly really but um it makes sense once you once you know how uh all right so we talked about helium time i'm just going through my questions here um listing quality keyword optimization we've had we've had a chat about listing uh, images we've talked about product photography i've just written here how which we talked about ebc enhanced brand content that was something else that uh, you mentioned on danny's show how do you do ebc at scale so it's changed here recently and it's changed for the better in my opinion, because now you can do EBC across 100 listings at one time. Right. Beforehand, you had to do each EBC individually. So right. literally I had a VA just uploading EBC and EBC video. Like that's all she did every day. Like it, that's, 
all she did. Uh, I mean, she wasn't expensive. I mean, she's a couple hundred bucks a month from the Philippines, and that's what she was good for. Yeah. So um, what we do now is you can actually do it across a couple hundred ASINs at one time. Mm-hmm. And so per product type, so let's say we're back to we'll go back to the probiotics. Yeah. I will put the pro. I will create a generic probiotic EBC that promotes all the different types of probiotics that I have. Yes. You know, cross-reference them, yes. and I will paste that across all the probiotic listings that I'm doing. That makes a lot of sense. And then I think also you um, you can do sort of one EBC at a parent level, which will flow all the way down through all the children too, right? So do you do parent-children type listings as as well, or? So once I test them all separately, I test separate, I combine once they're successful just to boost that review count. Amazon has been cracking down on that. Yeah. They, they say they're going to get rid of it altogether. So now if you click on the child, you're only going to see the child listing. Mm-hmm. I've seen that 50-50 because I'm actually only selling probiotics and I'm not selling like a mug, a coffee mug with it. Yeah. They tend to still combine them about 50% of the time. And that's as of like two weeks ago is the last time I can buy some lists. It's funny you should bring that up. I actually lost 400 reviews recently um, where Amazon broke out two of my products out of the parent children. Or, well, they didn't break them out, but basically they, those, chil- those children now have just their own reviews on them. So what used to have 428 reviews, one's got 19 reviews, the other one's got eight reviews. So, but on the parent, you'll still see all of them. That's correct. On the search yeah. results. Yeah. I'm actually at this point tempted. I'm going to almost say this off the record, but tempted to actually merge these two existing products up into some older variations to, to try and you know regain the 400 reviews that I used to enjoy. Uh, and I've also got a new batch of inventory that's a, you know, a new production run. It's about to finish. I'm actually thinking about relabeling those as the older ASINs because um, really it was just a color variation as the years have rolled on. So uh yeah, Amazon, love it. Um, all right, so we talked about EBC. What about things like reviews, customer email, you know, sort of follow-ups and stuff like? Do you do any kind of, you know, how are you getting reviews? Are you doing anything to get them, or are you just like with that many SKUs, just let it? Let- uh, I I kind of like I do the customer review follow-up if I'm getting attacked, like a couple niches I've gone into and I didn't realize how competitive they actually were. I didn't even mean. Yep. And so on those, I'll put like 10 or 20 reviews because within two days, I'll get like two one-star reviews of selling the product. Uh, the other thing that I will do is I will just recycle that. If I have that happen because I'm launching FBM, yep. I'll just kill the listing and relaunch it. Ah. So that way I wipe the reviews. I just kill it and relaunch. And I've done that a few times. Yeah. Uh, for the most part though, I'm just doing you know, email follow-up. And then one other thing I've been doing is I've been going out and I remove all the seller feedback that is negative. And then I contact everyone in seller feedback to ask them, Oh, when they leave a product review, they shouldn't. I say, actually, can you go here and review the product? If it's a five star, because all the other ones are already removed. Uh-huh. They were in a POS. So yeah, yeah. yeah. That- and I got the AOK from Amazon to do that. Oh, you're they lucky. had no issue. Really? They had no issues. Oh. So I wrote to the customer service I explained that the customers were confused and they were leaving the review and seller feedback is okay to ask them to leave the review on the thing. So yeah. I literally send them a follow-up message. That's a really, really, you know, I never even thought to even ask. So once you've got it in writing, permission in writing, you're golden, right? Because 
Well, pretty much. Yeah, we've we've all been a bit gun shy with the review world, and I mean that was a tactic that I used to use all the time, and used to get probably about fifty percent of the people I contacted would copy and paste the, the review that they left to sell a feedback onto the product. Uh, wow. Okay. All right. We're back in the game. This has been an awesome, awesome episode already. Uh, thank you. Now, sponsored ads. How on earth do you handle sponsored advertising on twenty six thousand products? <laughs> How do you do that? Uh, I have a Serbian guy who who works for me. He has an agency out there. Uh So it's a combination of him and zone tools. Uh, I tried to test viral launch recently Uh and it's just, it's it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. I I can't use it. It's too buggy. I'm not saying that it won't be good, but the premise behind it is great, but on scale or usability right now, it doesn't work. Uh, It just doesn't work at all. Um, So I've been it's very new. Yeah, they launched it. We already. Yeah. Uh, they launched it about a month ago. We put yeah. it through a two-week trial. I couldn't even set up rules on a campaign level. Everything had to be done at a product level, okay. which is not scalable for what work. I need to do. No. It can't work, right? No. Um. So with Zone Tools, I'm still using that in conjunction with uh the Serbian guys agency. Mm-hmm. So that's basically it. Yeah, that is it. Uh. All right. Uh. What about the results so far? Then. So we've got twenty-six thousand. Excuse, I think you mentioned you're getting about four or five hundred sales a day. Is that right? Three to five hundred, something like three, that. Three. Yeah, that's that is. A it depends on the. It depends on the 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 seasonality too. I mean, oh, so okay. right now they're they're launching new products. We have to wait. August is dead. Yeah. Uh, busiest day of the year for me is actually Christmas. That makes everybody laugh. <laughs> busiest day, like Christmas Day. Christmas Day is like a ten x <laughs> day organic. Why? That's bizarre. Anyway, it must Everybody, have something to do with what, what you're selling. Everybody's getting their so brand. If I'm, I'm in, I'm in cell phones and accessories. So yeah. Everybody's giving a new cell phone. They want a new cell phone case. Aha. Uh-huh. Something like this. Yeah. So, so does, does revenue and profit, I'm, I'm imagining, um, it's probably a pretty obvious question, but I'm assuming that revenue and profit um, increase the more SKUs you add. Is that, would that be fair? Um, Is there a point where, yes, you get, where it just sort of tips and you actually start losing money on when you're this big? Uh, it's not losing money from the operation side. It's losing money from the scaling side. So when I'm adding 75,000 SKUs, because there's a lot of tasks that just can't be automated. Right. And, um, I pay per task because it scales quickly and it retracts quickly. Right. So the expenses. Yeah. yeah. And so while adding this many SKUs, I'm basically investing a, a, all the profit for like two months to get this done. Yeah. You know, to, to launch. And then after that, the, the level should be higher. So it's also that you have a, a life cycle of devices. So where I used to might sell like a lot of iPhone six cases. Now people aren't buying iPhone sixes. They're dying off. Yes. So it's just a cycle. So there's peaks and flows with this business, but overall it's, it's increasing. It's increased drastically. Yeah. That's so, cool. all right. Um, is it, uh, I mean, sort of thinking about potentially sort of selling some software that can do this for people at some point, is that the end game for this or is it more, I just want to have a quiet life. Now I've got all the systems up in place and I, and <laughs> I, I want to have a quiet life. I have all the <laughs> systems up in place. Uh, I don't mind helping some people with like getting their, their renders done or like explaining the process more in depth or sharing some scripts that we have mm. for the rendering to automate. Um, or having a, like literally I have one full-time employee, which is everybody else's part-time or project based is, uh, is just a 3d graphics guy Yeah. because the amount of money he makes me by himself is, is he's worth it 110%. Yeah. So keep him happy. 
keep him happy. Share him with me. This is, that sounds really good. Where'd you find him? Uh, he works for me full time in Romania. He, you know, okay. he was working for me before. Yeah. So, and then I basically took the time and money and effort to, he was knew how to do it, but he wasn't good at it. And so we went, you know, he mm. developed a skill as we developed the business. Brilliant. So, Mate, I reckon I'm out of questions here. I've just flipped my sheet over and I've got nothing left for you. I'm sure that there's probably some people out there in listening land that are just going, oh, ask him, ask him this question. And I, uh, I just can't think of any more. It's been incredibly kind and uh, generous to share all of your secrets about how you've been able to scale out so many. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you, uh, you know, how it goes when you've got, wow, it's going to sound like you're going to have close to 100,000 products on Amazon. It's it's a headache with the inventory control. That's basically it. I mean, that's that's the more SKUs I have, the inventory control is the biggest headache that I have these days. Right, one last question: so, Is there any way that you can use an API to actually upload products into Amazon, or is it? it has uh, to- yeah, you can do it through MWS. So, one hundred percent, you can do it through MWS. Okay, maybe that's an option for you. I don't know, down the track at some point. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good idea. Um, Michael Hartman, thank you so much for coming on the show. Tell us how we can get in touch with you and uh, tell us about your website and yeah, all that good stuff. So people can email me at michael at Inoventic, I-N-N-O-V-E-N-T-I-C.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Inoventic, uh, we used to do a lot of agency work. Now we're basically only focused on our own brands. I mean, that's so, kind of where we were. That makes so, sense to me. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. really it. Awesome, buddy. All right, well, thanks again for coming on the show and uh, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon, man. Thank you. Links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.